I, I had to rebuild this foundation of love for myself. I know what it feels like to be feel like you're on top of the world. And I also know what it feels like to be almost feel like you're suffocating, like you're buried underneath the gravel. So I think we all deserve that. We all deserve to sit down and be honest with ourselves and, and pour into ourselves the same way that we give to others. Welcome to the Reach New Heights podcast, where we dive deep into all things self-healing, transformation, and building dreams. I'm Julie Householder, and it is my passion to share powerful tools to empower you to transform your life and reach new heights. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Reach New Heights podcast, and I am so grateful today to bring to you Someone that was very impactful for my journey and really introduced me to my passion for yoga. And today I am speaking with Ashley Ramirez. Ashley is a fitness professional based out of Miami, Florida. She is passionate about fitness, yoga, healing, coaching women, and integrating spirituality and mindset into her coaching. She is a mom and a wife who strives to embody her true essence while navigating what it means to show up as love and human relationships. Thank you so much, Ashley, for joining me today, for carving out time in your, in your day and energy to really pour into our listeners. And as we start, I would love to hear a little bit about you. What brought you into these passions that you have of fitness and mindset. And at the end of this podcast, I will definitely put her Instagram in the show notes, follow her because her content is so incredible. So what led you to this passion and and what are you navigating now in this new season as, as a new mom? Well, thank you, Julie. I'm so excited to be here and I'm so honored that I was part of your, I've been part of your journey. Um, So I I think a lot of people can relate to this. What brought me into yoga was a bad relationship, like a really toxic first relationship where pretty much my self-worth was like stepped all over. Um, And it took me four years to get out of that. And when I finally did, I I think I set a very strong boundary for myself in regards to my self-worth and my self-esteem and the way that I honored myself. And I got into fitness. And that's where I started. I started working out and I just loved how I felt, you know, putting in the effort and and getting the reward from that and doing it for myself. Um, And I felt that was something that no one can ever take away from me. Through fitness, I got into yoga actually at the LA Fitness Gym is where I did my first yoga class. And my first yoga instructor was incredible. She was she's wonderful. Um, To this day, she's still my one of my favorite yoga instructors. And this was over eight years ago. So I got into yoga and I kind of dabbled in it a little bit. Somehow I got to a hot yoga studio and one of the instructors told me that I should do my yoga training. And I'm like, wow, I never really considered it. And I went with it. And that was in 2015. I did my yoga training. And for me, I feel like I've learned so, so many valuable lessons from that. And I realized how much I love giving like being of service to others right? I kind of felt like it's a karmic responsibility for me to do that um, especially knowing the positive impact I can have on others um, and I think that 
realization came to light through my yoga training because you know I didn't I didn't know that I was capable of that you know I didn't think that I can have an impact on others in that way um so that's what got me into yoga and ever since then I just I just love I love doing it for myself I know the the impact that yoga and fitness has had on my life and how it has completely changed everything for me in, in a good way um, and so now I feel like I just want to share that with other people, you know, and um, kind of where I am now. I took a long hiatus after getting pregnant and having my son, where I kind of had like an identity crisis, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm not this yoga teacher anymore. I'm not this personal trainer. Kind of like, who am I? You know, and all these years through yoga and fitness, I, I know I was healing, but I thought that I was doing the deep work. But I think I was kind of like shoving it in and just pretending it's not there. So once I became a mom, that just brought all of this to the surface. Um, and, and that's what the past few years have been for me is kind of just re-identifying myself, questioning a lot of things, reflecting. Um, and that's where I am now. I'm still on this journey of understanding like who I am again, you know, and, and what my purpose is and stepping into that divine power, which is quite challenging. <laughs> it's really hard, you know, so that's kind of where I am right now. And that's kind of how what has led me up to this point. Wow, I have goosebumps. <laughs> I think one thing all of us can really take in from what Ashley just shared is that we are constantly evolving. Okay. And we, we always have no matter how much work we think we've done, there's always more and there are always new layers to discover within ourselves mm -hmm. and with big impact moments of course with becoming a parent i'm not a parent yet but i am definitely would love to be one one day um but i, I do work with a lot of moms and you know that that aspect of all these new blessings also come with a lot of rigor to navigate and i would love for you to speak a little bit you had mentioned how before you felt like you were kind of, you were doing inner healing work. And then now as a mother, you're noticing a different depth. So what has that experience been like for you? And how could someone like tell where they're at with that and what they might be doing? Maybe they have some resistance towards healing if they feel like they're doing that work, but they're not going deep enough. And also for, for moms that are experiencing this right now, what would be a couple of tips for them or just different ways, things that have helped you through this process? Oh, that's like a loaded question. So, and I'm still trying to, I mean, I'm still on this journey of understanding it because it's, it's like a whole new world, you know? So for me, what really came up was that I wasn't feeling like myself, you know, becoming a mom and going through all these transitions of your body changing and hormones changing um, and having like this new human to care for, all of that started coming up for me where I wasn't feeling like myself. I remember I told my husband one time, like, I think I need a therapist. Like it, is got, it got to a point where I didn't feel like I could figure it out on my own, you know? And so that's when I realized I need help. Like, and that's also like a trauma from childhood where I was like ultra independent and I felt like I could do it all on my own, you know? So it, it was so many like little doors that started opening and drawers that started opening. And um, that's when I realized I needed to reparent myself. And actually I started going to a healer. Uh, she's pretty popular down here in Miami. And I went to a full moon ceremony of hers and she kind of did this hypnosis meditation. And it's so funny. Cause I went there thinking like, 
this is going to be a nice relaxing evening. I'm going to come home feeling very relaxed. You know, I'm going to unwind. And actually, next thing I know, I'm laying there in, in hypnosis, crying my eyes out. And I'm like, what is happening? She was doing a hypnosis about, you know, speaking to our inner child and telling our inner child that you're loved and acknowledged. And I'm like, why am I so sad? All this like pain just came to the surface. And I remember driving home that day and I'm like, what in the world just happened to me? Like, what is this? So that kind of opened that door of inner child work um, and me realizing how so many of my triggers now as a mother have come from my inner child who needed reparenting, who needed to be acknowledged, who needed to be loved. Um, it makes me emotional just thinking about it <laughs> because it's been, it's been a beautiful journey. And, and so this was like October of 2020 when I, when I started realizing this, my son was already a year and a half. Um, so then through this healer, I started seeing her and she's been, she's been helping me do the work um, with my inner child. And through the months, the relationship with my inner child, it went from being painful to where now I feel like you know, it's more exciting and we're excited for the future. And um, like our relationship has blossomed. So, you know, a, an honest tip that I would give for moms is don't be afraid to seek help. You know, don't be afraid to find a professional, whether that's, you know, therapy. For me, I'm a very spiritual person. So finding this spiritual therapist is what I like to call her um, was perfect, like a perfect alignment for me. And it's she's helped me so much. Um, she's helped me uncover so many deep traumas um, from childhood that I previously didn't even acknowledge, you know, and I think that's been the catalyst for me the past few months. And I think giving myself grace was a huge one, too. We put so much pressure on ourselves um, as mothers, as partners, as friends. We're very critical. So I think allowing myself grace has been a big turning point as well. I mean, there's so much to this topic, you know, but I think a huge thing for me as a mother was reparenting that inner child that needed to be seen and needed to be heard. And if you could explain a little bit about what reparenting, what does that mean to you? And for someone who's never heard that term, how would you explain it to them and kind of stepping into that process? Okay. Like I said, I'm new to this. Okay. So <laughs> For me, reparenting, I, I guess it's just creating new thought patterns around what we were taught growing up. A big thing for me has been fear and how fear shows up in my parenting. For example, I was very afraid to go out with my son by myself. I had fears that we, he would be abducted or someone would try to take him from me or something would happen to us where I felt vulnerable by myself with him for, for a while up until maybe... A month ago, I, I wouldn't go out with him by myself. Um, so in regards to reparenting, every time that fear comes up, I would have to create a new thought pattern and remind myself, like I like to say affirmations. So I'd be like, I'm safe, I'm protected, we're okay. You know, I'm not feeding the fear anymore, um, which is quite hard. Again, I, I couldn't figure that out on my own. Um, and so now, Maya, my healer has encouraged me. She's like, you need to go out with him. You need to go out. And every time you feel that feeling, like notice it, notice what the fear is telling you. And then right there is when you create the new thought pattern. Um, instead of feeling like something's going to happen, feel gratitude that you're able to go out with him alone, that you both are safe um, and that you're in a safe 
uh, predicament, you know? And so that's kind of where I've been reparenting in terms of fear. I've also seen that I, I tend to overcompensate with my son where I like constantly kind of baby him. And now that he's a toddler, I'm really starting to see how that shows up in his behavior. And so I've had to create boundaries with myself where I have to not baby him as much, allow him to grow and be independent. And a big step for me was allowing him to go to preschool and not feeling like, oh my God, he's my baby. Like nobody can watch him but me. And that's a way that I was overcompensating because my inner child didn't get that. So I felt that I needed to do it for him because I never received that. So as I notice these things, I can start pouring the love into little Ashley. You know, she never got that. She never got that assurance that she's wanted and she's safe and she's loved and she's special. And so in that way, I'm reparenting by by talking to her. I know it sounds silly because at first when I'm like, you want me to talk to my little inner child like every morning, that's kind of weird. But the more that I did it, the more I realized like, wow, we really need this. Like we, you know, most of us need reparenting and need to be, that inner child needs to be acknowledged. And so for all of us, it's going to show up in different ways in our life. You know, we all have different childhood, different experiences, different traumas. Um, and yeah, that, that's, that's a few ways. Fear for me is big um, and just creating new thought patterns and also not overcompensating with my child. <laughs> I know that he's loved and I tell him all the time and I think that's more than enough than having to feel like he can't be, not allowing him to be independent. Um, so those are some ways for me that it shows up. And another key in this for anyone who is new to the reparenting or talking to your inner child, I remember the first time someone told me to do that and I was like, you want me to do what? <laughs> I was so confused. Uh, but as I got into transformational work as a professional, learning about where our programming comes to and up until the age of eight years old, we are sponges, guys. I mean, we talked about this in our paradigms episode and we are absorbing everything from our environment and that becomes our programming. So a lot of our unconscious programming, which is up to the age of eight, is the subconscious automatic patterns that we are driving our life with. So it's like our, our inner kid is literally in our unconscious reaction patterns, all of our thoughts, all of those processes. It's like our inner kid is driving our adult life, especially when we're under stress, especially when like even the other day I was talking to my boyfriend about this and I was like, I literally feel like an eight-year-old right now. Like in my, and like when you feel that like feeling of like that inner child response for a lot of us, like myself included, like you had mentioned being very hard on yourself and I would criticize myself. I'd be like, why is this happening? Why aren't you doing this well enough? Like I was approaching that frustration with anger, with like really strictness with myself. And it just made me a feel like, absolute crap. Like I felt horrible after that, but then I realized, Hey, like this is actually a part of myself. That is the younger aspect. This is a pattern from my eight-year-old child who grew up in a very toxic, chaotic, abusive home. She needs some love right now, rather than being hard on her. So one thing that I like to do with myself, even with painful memories or something like that, like I just visualize that I'm talking, like I'm in a room and I'll go into those painful memories and I'll be with her and I'll like, put my arm around my inner kid during those difficult things. And I'll, I'll talk to her. So that's one thing that you guys can start kind of stepping into when you're, but the first thing is awareness, noticing what's coming up. Ashley talked about noticing the emotion and without awareness, we, we can't do anything. Um, so what are, what are some of those ways you had mentioned you were talking with your healer and she said, when you feel that emotion, notice it, what are some ways for you that 
really help you cultivate that, that inner awareness and you're very reflective. So how can someone start practicing those skills? And like, do you have ways to remind yourself to check in? Do you have any patterns in the morning or at before you go to bed or like throughout the day where you kind of just like, Hey, like, what am I thinking right now? Um, okay. So, okay. So one way that she taught me to do it is like, usually fear. I'm going to talk about fear. I feel like it's a big one. Um, you can be sitting on the sofa and like out of nowhere, you get like this weird rush of feeling. You're like, what is this? You know? And I can speak for myself. This has happened. Um, and it's going to sound silly, but this is just conditioning and stuff that's been passed down from generations. Right. Um, I could be sitting on my sofa and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, I have to go close the shades. I feel like someone's looking at me. And this is usually at night. And I'm like, what? And then I get up and go close them. And, and after this talk with my healer and she mentioned to me how fear is like controlling me in so many different ways, I had an epiphany. I'm like, oh my God, like it really does. And why do I feel like someone's watching me? Why do I feel like the worst is going to happen? Um, so literally what I do is that if that feeling comes up, I notice it and I'm like, okay, this is fear again. And I'm like, I'm not going to go close the shades. It's staying open because I'm safe and nobody's out there. Like I kind of talk myself through, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like nothing's out there. You're fine. Um, and this has been a technique that's been working for me. Same thing. I went to a park the other day and I would avoid going to a park by myself because just the same fears of growing up hearing, you know, be careful, they can snatch you, you know, and, and I'm not blaming my mom. I think it was also just conditioning passed down to her and she wasn't aware of it. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind, always like looking over my shoulder and being on high alert, which in the end I come home and I'm completely drained from being on high alert my adrenals are shot, you know, I'm like on, on fight or flight mode. And I don't want to live like that. So especially I don't want to teach that to my son because he picks up and he vibes off my energy. He knows when I'm, you know, afraid or on high alert, he can feel it. Cause I can see it in his facial expressions and his behavior. He's, he's going off of my energy. So what I did was I go, to, I went to a park and I was walking and I see a man coming towards me and my automatic thought is, Oh my God, like, you know, I didn't bring my gun because, you know, I usually, I would take it with me and I'm like, oh my God, I don't have my gun. What do I do? And I'm like, no, Ash, like the guy, poor guy, like smile at him. You know, he, he's not doing anything to me. I'm not being, I, I'm only vulnerable because I'm thinking that I am, but I'm truly safe and I'm protected. Um, and I smiled at the guy and he smiled back. And then the whole energy just shifted to, I'm okay. You know, I'm fine. And it's just like, I, I notice how I can feed that fear and entertain it. And it just feeding that narrative, it just grows into an ugly, scary monster versus releasing that fear and just feeling safe, you know? And it, and it was such a huge shift for me. And I feel like even that guy felt my energy. And then when I shifted my energy, it was like his shifted. And so those are some ways that I do it. Like I literally have to wait for something. I, I noticed that fearful thought and then I just talk myself out of it. Like I, re I literally just say a new thought or affirmations, like that's what works for me. Um, but yeah, fear has been a big thing in my life. And I'm like, where is this from? Like scary movies? Like, I, I don't know what has, so many factors have conditioned this deep within me. Um, and like you said, awareness is, is the way out. Another thing that works for me is meditation. But I know that not everybody likes to sit still and close their eyes. You know, there's different forms of meditation. I think it's important to explore and find what works best for you. Just like in yoga, I always say that like this pose, it's not going to work for everybody. It might work for you today. It might not work for you in two months. You know, it's important to explore and find what works best for you.
there's no like set way of doing things. You know, it has to be what feels right to you, what's aligned for you. And that can change over the course of time, you know? And I think we just have to learn to be fluid and open. Um, and that will help us understand ourselves better. I feel like this is what the journey is about is understanding ourselves, unlearning everything that we were conditioned, unlearning everything that is not us and returning to love, returning to our true, our true self, you know, our authentic self. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what works for me. I really loved your emphasis on finding what feels good and going in a flow because I think in our society, it's very like, all right, we have to be on time. Everything is so left-brained, right? Everything's so logical. We think everything's linear. Like that's what we're taught in this like Western society. And so when you're thinking about finding flow and then also at the same time, making those commitments to discipline yourself. And this was something with my meditation journey, because for me, a lot of it depends on my stress load. So if I'm holding a lot of subconscious stress, it's not a great day perhaps for me to sit down and meditate. For me, maybe it's walking in nature and that's my meditation, but being okay with where I'm at. And then, or maybe it's like my meditation is literally like one minute opposed to how I used to do it longer. Like, you know, we have so many voices where my, my head would be like, oh, well, like this wasn't good enough because like before you used to meditate for like 15 minutes or for what, like all of these little, you know, voices, I call it the peanut gallery that have all this internal commentary about everything. Um, but I would love to hear about your thoughts on, especially with like health and fitness and mindset, how to navigate that line between flow and then kind of like, I, even like, I feel the word discipline has like a connotation in this society that kind of has, has sometimes like a heavy energy, or maybe that's just my paradigm about it. Who knows? Um, but creating structure and flow simultaneously when you're trying to implement like a new fitness journey, or especially like as a, as a mom navigating schedules that are, are constantly changing, how do you find flow and structure in your life? Um, I think becoming a mom has really taught me to go with the flow, right? Because one thing you'll learn is having a set schedule as a mother, um, that will really test your patience. You'll really leave yourself feeling like not adequate enough because it's, it's really hard, you know, and you never know what will might come up one week. He's teething one week. He's not eating, you know, it's like always, it's always up in the air. And I think one thing he has taught me, cause he's been my greatest teacher, um, is to just go with the flow, you know? I think when it comes to our fitness journey, we have to get clear on why, why do, why do we, why do we want to be, why do we want to work out? You know, what is it? What is your driving force behind it? For me personally, if I don't work out, I don't feel good. Like I think that I physically, emotionally, and mentally need the movement. And I think most humans can relate to this. I think movement is, is therapy. Movement is medicine. So if I'm not moving my body, I can feel like, I can feel this like heaviness coming over me. Um, I feel sad. I don't feel productive. So for me, I have to, I have to move my body to feel good. You know, I need those endorphins being released. And that's my driving force. When it comes to discipline, I don't really like that word much. For me personally, I feel like it's a very masculine word. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to get more in my divine feminine, which is also a, a journey that I'm on. Um, I think it's just getting clear on your why. Why do you do it? What, what does it mean to you? How do you feel when you're 
consistent in your exercise, you know, and then what are your goals? And then depending on what it is you want to work on your physique, do you just want to work out for your health? You know, I think once you get clear on that, then you can create a structure, um, like a plan for, you know, for your week, for your month. I like to go week to week basis, even sometimes day to day basis. You know, I say, okay, I want to work out five times this week. Um, and I just go day to day and kind of figure it out, but that's what works for me as a mom. Um, I think everyone's going to be a little bit different depending on our situation, where we are in our journey, but definitely what's most important is getting clear on your why, what, why, why is it important to you, you know, and set your short-term and long-term goals based off of that. And then for some of us, like myself, I am constantly adjusting my goals. Cause sometimes like, I guess it's just, I'll have this tendency to, to set this like super high goal that isn't actually what I wanted initially. So I'll notice the programming that I have from the school systems and just like this constant, like it's this hamster wheel of chasing achievement or, or whatever the case may be in our society. And then I'm always like, okay, like that at first initial goal. Okay. That's cool. Now let's bring it down and like find what actually feels good to me and what I actually want. So like, that's a process that I have to go through sometimes with like my ego or like that shadow wanting to, to project something rather than just coming from where I am and what feels good to me. And especially with my, my health and healing journey too, like meeting myself where I'm at day to day, my goal is movement rather than comparing to how I used to do, like, what would feel good to me today? Like, what is, what is my body craving today? And then listening to that internal guidance system, the messaging, finding what feels good, but also like, and I remember in your yoga classes, you'd always be like, guys, if this doesn't feel good, if you feel pain, like listen to your body, like stop, like modify. And all of those kinds of messages, I remember those were really what helped me start connecting and tuning in with what my body was saying. Oh yeah, that's key. Learning to be attuned with your body and to listen to your body's messages. Like our body is so intelligent. You know, we're told on the outside that we have to do things a certain way. Nobody knows you better than you, you know? So being able to tune in with that and understand that your body's always giving you the messages that you need. Um, For instance, I might wake up tomorrow and be like, you know, today I'm planning tomorrow to go to the gym and do upper body, for example. I might wake up tomorrow and be like, okay, my body is not feeling it today. You know, I'm sore from yesterday. Today I'm just going to go for a walk, you know, and, and, and allowing yourself that grace. I feel like we can, we can be so hard on ourselves and feel like if we don't stick to this, like we're failures, you know, but that's not the case. You know, listening to your body is the, the reward that we get from that is the best reward. Um, you mentioned something just a second ago that made me think, oh, you said how you set your expectations really high, right? Like you set your goals really high. And I noticed, I noticed that happened a lot. Um, What I think is that when we set those expectations high and we start working out, it's like we start to build this negative connotation around exercise. The same thing we do for food. If we say, okay, we're going to be on this diet for a month. And then we, we start building like kind of a negative relationship with food. We're like, Oh my God, now we got to, I can't, I really want that, but I'm, I have to eat this because I said so, you know, instead of tuning in with your body and, and asking, what do, what do I need today? You know, what kind of food is going to make me feel energized? What kind of food is going to make me feel good about myself? You know, instead of listening to that, we put so much pressure on ourselves with this un- unrealistic goal. Um, and I think I see the same thing happen a lot with exercise. 
I'm going to start going to the gym six times a week. I'm going to do cardio for a hundred minutes a week, you know, and then you go to the gym and you're like, Oh, this sucks. Like, I feel like I'm forcing myself and it's not truly what I need. It's not truly what, what, what my body is calling for, you know? So I think in the end of the day, sitting with ourselves and really just asking ourselves questions. Um, I don't think we do that enough. I don't think we're, we're clear. And the same thing I, it relates to everything in my business as well. I'm like, what, what is it that I want? Like, what is my why? What it, it's so easy to get sidetracked. Um, and what I've, what I found to be a very useful technique is writing it down, like literally sitting down and writing down, okay, why am I doing this? What do I want to get out of this? What does it mean to me? Um, what is it going to mean to me now in the short term? And what is it going to mean to me in the long term? And I think getting clear with that, we can create attainable goals, right? More realistic goals, goals that resonate better with us instead of creating a goal based of based off of past fears or past conditioning or what what she said or what he said or what we saw on Instagram, which creates so much conflict, seeing what we, you know, all the information that we're processing from social media. So it's good and it's important to shut it all off, sit down with a piece of paper and just write it out and see, see what comes up for you. And especially for those of us who have a lot of programming, depending on what your culture is, uh, programming with your, you know, your family wanting you to be a certain kind of way or feeling like pressure from your family, giving yourself permission to really tune in and find that place, make that place, make that time for you to really just meet yourself where you're at and become your own inner best friend. And it's amazing that when I first thought of that, it's just like, a lot of us are not our best friends. We are not kind to ourselves in our minds. We're not supportive of ourselves yet. We go around supporting everybody else. And then the challenges to really tune into, Hey, that nurturing energy, that gentleness, that patience, that kindness, that, that pep talk that I give my best friend, let's start bringing that in. Like, let's, you know, bring that in towards myself and do what I do for other people for myself. And when you just try that out and just like, do it a little bit every single day in those moments. Like that's, that's for me, like that's where I had major shifts in my life was recognizing like, wow, I'm always doing for others. And then for myself, I'm like super critical. And so that kind of that juxtaposition between those two things, like that recognition came from what Ashley is saying to really sit down and be present without distractions, without the phone, without, you know, and just being present with ourselves. We deserve that. I think that all, each and every one of us deserve to honor ourselves in that way, you know, and, and just get real and honest. And I know a lot of these things, it's uncomfortable to think about, right? It's uncomfortable to be honest, like, wow, we really, we don't talk up to ourselves. We kind of put ourselves down constantly. Being able to be honest with ourselves, I think that's a huge step in this healing process um, and letting go. I actually started a mirror work. I got this book. Um, a mirror work 21 day process kind of. And so every day she gives you affirmations and she talks about, she goes into inner child. She goes into the way that we, because as babies, like babies live so free, you know, like they just enjoy life. If you look at a baby, they're just enjoying life. They're in the present moment. And as we get older, we start to accumulate all of these conditions and opinions of others. And these aren't our true opinions, but we make them ours. And so we grow up into adults and we're just carrying all of this conditioning and all of this programming and all of these opinions and fears. 
And at what point are we going to take our life back? You know, at what point are we going to say, all right, that's enough. Like I'm ready to feel like myself again. And I think that's what's so conflicting for so many people um, is that we don't even know who we are anymore. And I can see how that happens. I, I mean, I've lived it for the past two years. Becoming a mother did that for me. Um, kind of had to question like, who am I? Like what, <laughs> what, what just happened? You know, like I, I had to rebuild this foundation of love for myself. And I feel like that's a non-negotiable for me. You know, I know what it feels like to be, feel like you're on top of the world. And I also know what it feels like to be, almost feel like you're suffocating, like you're buried underneath the gravel. So I think we all deserve that. We all deserve to sit down and be honest with ourselves and, and pour into ourselves the same way that we give to others. And I think as we do that, you'll notice like everything just starts to change. You just start to feel abundant. You start to feel at ease like you, you trust the process of life and the way that everything is going you start to understand there's everything is like a lesson to teach us you know we're not no longer resisting it now we're learning to go with the flow um and i think there's a beautiful revelation that we definitely all deserve to do that for ourselves i have another question about that process where you say you you didn't feel like yourself and for the moms out there that are navigating that piece, where do you think, where was, where was a like defining moment within yourself where you were able to start feeling, building those threads and those connections back inwards? Oh, you know, looking back, it kind of feels like a blur (laughs) to be honest. Um, I think remember when I vocalized that I think I need a therapist to my husband, I think that's when I realized like, Oh wow, this is, this is real. You know, like I need to do this for me. And, and noticing, looking back, it's, it's really sad for me because looking back at when my son was like an infant, I kind of feel like I could have enjoyed that so much more, but because I was like so out of body, like I, because I didn't feel like myself, I missed out a little bit. And I like to remind myself that everything happens for a reason, you know, and, and it was supposed to be that way. But I think reflecting back on how it feels like just the time was a blur and I could have made, I feel like I could have made so much more out of it, but I wasn't able to, because I was just like down, you know, and down in the dumps. And I'm pretty sure sleep deprivation and hormones and all of that plays a part in it. Um, but that moment when I admitted and said out loud that I think I need some help, that was when a big shift started happening for me. And right after that, that's when I went to the first full moon ceremony and I um, had my first one-on-one with Maya. And ever since then, like she's been an angel in my life. She's helped me so much. Um, and, and, I, and I can't stress it enough. Like I, I, don't, I know I couldn't have done all of that on my own, especially me being connected with myself and aware and, and, you know, and, and attuned. All of these things, they kind of didn't matter. It got to a point where it was like I was so deep that it, I couldn't pull myself out of it. And I think it's very courageous of us to admit that we need help. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest thing is being able to admit that you're, you're willing for someone else to come in and give you that outside perspective and help you see what you can't see, right? We get so caught up in our own life that it's like we can't see from an outside perspective. So getting that professional to help you is, is very important. I love to always talk, like compare it, like the blind spots when you're driving. Mm-hmm. And there, there's so much about ourselves that 
we literally will not be able to see because they're they're in our blind spots and and someone else who's looking at us holistically they're looking at us not from within our own snow globe of our our mind and all the chaos that's going on inside they can kind of help us kind of like pull all the strings and pieces together in a way and reflect back to us that helps that reflection process and i loved how you talked about earlier about independence and one thing for me and admitting when I need support, when I need help, because independence for me, that was like, that was a result of, of trauma for me. So that was a defense mechanism and a coping mechanism for me. And I think that's been something that I've been really recognizing recently with my relationship where it's like allowing that vulnerability to, to be in partnership with people or even with, I see a holistic therapist. And so for me, it's, it's moving my ego out of the way saying like, I can do this on my own where it's like, okay, I'm here. Let her reflect back to me. And it's like this very strong charge. So I'd love to hear your thoughts about kind of that hyper independence and how you've navigated that as a wife, as a mother, also professionally too, with coaching women. Um, yeah, that's definitely a wall that we put up, right? Like a very strong wall. Um, and it was my relationship too that helped me understand that I was being really tough, right? Like I was being hard. I remember <laughs> before my husband, I remember my friends would tell me I'm a robot. Like I had no feelings and I was cold hearted and it, and it was a trauma response. It was because I felt that I couldn't count on anyone, right? I couldn't trust anyone. Um, and, and that is a childhood trauma. And so for me, I actually listened to a vulnerability talk by Brene Brown. Oh, I love her book. Just like mind blown after that. And I was like, this all makes so much sense now. It really like pieced everything together for me. Um, and that actually made me want to be more vulnerable and more open with my experiences. Um, because I think people see, people tend to see my relationship like, oh my God, like that's what I want. It's perfect. Like, look at them. They have their family and they have their child. And it's really not like that. Like, we're very compatible together, but we also have so many challenges. Like for us having a child, like almost put a wedge in our relationship and it really tested us. And, and I just feel like I need to be more open and vulnerable with that because it's easy to see like the highlight reel of our life and not understand all the work that it takes to make it, you know, to make it together. Um, so definitely my relationship has made me become more vulnerable because Richie has taught me to trust and he has shown me countless times that he's there for me. And, you know, he's, he's, he's been what I haven't had in my life. And so seeing that through the years, because it doesn't happen overnight, you know, it takes time um, to heal and, and to be able to trust again, him embodying this, this, you know, this energy of love, unconditional love and trust and loyalty, like that has allowed me to kind of be more vulnerable. I think for in a relationship, the other person has to like open that door for you to be vulnerable, you know, and, and he has done that for me. So, I, you know, I give a lot of credit to him in that regard. Like he's definitely been a catalyst in my healing journey. Um, and he's taught me to love unconditionally and to open my heart and not be afraid because it's easy to be afraid and close ourselves off, you know, because we're so used to being hurt. Um, but he's, he's helped me so much in that aspect. And a key point in that is because for me, I feel like my, I used to have like solid boundaries where I, I didn't want to let people into my life or they would like go down. Like I, I really struggled with finding that, 
that the boundaries and also like the discernment too of, you know, who is safe for me, what feels safe, what feels secure. And like for me, until I met Chris, my, my boyfriend, I didn't around that time. I had never known in my body what feeling safe felt like. And so for, for that, that was a huge thing for me because even in that, in that feeling, my trauma is like that feeling of safety. Is that safe? Like, you know what I mean? So like, we have so many, like these different defense mechanisms and they can be very exhausting to kind of sort out all of the, the different things that are going off. Um, but our, our kind of relationship phrase that we always remind each other is lean in. So lean into vulnerability, lean into fear, lean into love. And there are so many different parts of our life. Again, if most of us are, I mean, our, we're biologically wired to be like that fight or flight survival. Like we're trying to survive, right? That's our, our nervous system. But when we recognize that we don't have to live from that place of fear, it's like, we get to choose. It's like, Hey, where am I going to lean into? Am I going to lean into my fear and keep on feeding that? Or am I going to lean into love and into the life that I actually want to create? And again, like that, that for me, like that's a constant work in progress. I'm a constant work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We all are. And I think that's very important to on this journey, right. And this evolution, this healing path is that we have to remind ourselves daily that it doesn't end, like it's a constant process and just learning to enjoy that process. Um, what I've noticed, I don't know if you can relate to this, is I'll have like a week of like intense stuff happening, right? And then one week of like, okay, we're coasting now, we're good. Yeah. And then there comes something else. And it's like, we're constantly being shown. I think the more that you dive into this healing and awareness, like it becomes so evident. Like you're like, okay, I get it. I see it. But initially, like, let's say the first two days, like, wow, this is really hard. And then once you start kind of going through it, you're not resisting anymore. You're like, okay, fine. Just take me, you know, just take me stress. And then once you start getting through it, once you're out of it, you can look back and be like, wow, I see how that was such an important part of this healing. Like I see the lesson there. And, and, and so you could, I think it all comes back to awareness, right? Like just being able to notice and not be an autopilot, take a few moments throughout the day, notice your body, take a few deep breaths, whatever it takes for you to get into yourself and into the present moment. I think that's the catalyst. That's what's going to take us deep into this healing is just staying aware and staying present. And then the intention too, for me, a big shift, because before it, you know, obviously as a child, when you have no agency and things, everything feels like it is happening to you because as a child, no agency, it is. Um, mm -hmm. But as we step into our adult selves and do that reparenting work, recognizing that everything is happening for me. And that was a big shift for me because when I embody, and one of my favorite quotes from Mary Morrissey, she talks about the events of our life. I'm paraphrasing. Um, it's the curriculum for our ev evolution. So if I look at this as this occurrence that's happening to me, or it feels like it's happening to me, it's happening for me. And there's some kind of golden nugget in here. There's some piece here that's going to help my soul's evolution. It's going to help me. And if those words don't resonate with you, it's going to help me become a better version of myself or the best version of myself, or it's going to help me understand somebody else who's going through something and I can end up helping them down the line. That's where I'm always like, through my darkness and through my path of whatever it is that can then become a survival guide for somebody else. And so when we look at that and look as a, it, it can feel isolating with what we're going through, but then it's like, we are in this interconnected web with all people. And it's like, I don't know why this is occurring, but I will get something from it. And then I can pass on that knowledge to others. And living in that way has really helped me shift out of that kind of 
why and and those forms of disempowerment where I just felt like everything was hitting at me like as a tsunami and now I'm like out there and I got a boat and a paddle you know and I got like a team with me right so it's, it's a whole different approach and it's like when I made that shift like that's what really helped me shift a lot of my energy in navigating life that's beautiful I can totally relate to that it's, it's pretty much very easy to say hard to do it's acceptance and surrender we're accepting what is and we're surrendering to the process of it um and and in the end of the day everything should be simple and the more that we complicate things the harder we make it for ourselves we kind of as humans we always want to give something a meaning like why why is this happening i'm trying to understand it and most of the time it's very simple um, and that's something that Maya has taught me. She goes, it is what it is. And so every time I'm in a challenge and I'm like, what does this mean? Like, why is this happening to me? Because I too get caught up in that. Like, why, 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 why? What did I do to deserve this? Is this my karma? You know, I go into that spiral. And I'm like, you know what? I see it now. I see that it wasn't all of this that I made it to be. It was very simple. It's something to teach me. And like you said, whether it's for me or to share with others, you know, we don't have to question that. We just have to trust it in a lot of ways we have to just trust the process which it takes daily work like it takes daily reminders and and there's so much unlearning to do that there there's no timeline I think that's something that I get caught up into like how long is it going to take for me to like be great again you know like feel amazing again and it's like well I don't know there's a timeline I could feel amazing tomorrow and then in two weeks you know I can not feel amazing and that's okay that's part of as part of this journey, you know, we're not always going to be happy. It's just an emotion. Um, we're going to come in and out of that. And I think the goal is just presence, just to be present here and, and now and enjoy this. And, and, and if I can touch up one more thing about the inner child that you mentioned, um, like you suppress, you suppress a lot because that's what you experience as a child. I think we got to try our best to connect with our inner child and have fun. And that's been something that's like challenging for me. Like, how do I have fun? What is fun to me anymore? You know? Um, so I, I started dabbling in little things, like trying to find what I enjoy. So I took like a dance class and I had so much fun. And I, I noticed that afterwards you're like really giddy and like you're laughing and stuff. And that is your inner child in her full expression coming to life. And so one way we can we can honor our inner child is by finding ways to light us up things that we can have fun doing like go run at a park or you know go take a dance class or paint with your hands and make a mess i think we've strayed so far from that um that we all owe it to ourselves to have some fun you know we're like so strict and so such a routine and gets so boring that our inner child is so suppressed and we all just need fun like we need to have fun and let ourselves go Oh my goodness. Now I'm just like in my mind, cause literally this has been something that I've been working on myself. So it's just funny how, of course, you know, everything aligns and we resonate a lot. So a lot of our, I notice a lot of our, our stories and journeys kind of like vibe together. <laughs> and yeah, I think we can be hard on ourselves as adults. And of course there's a lot of responsibility and, and who we are as adults, but I think when we recognize that when we fill our cups up and I know a lot, this is like huge in the personal development world. It's like, Oh, fill your cup up before you like help other people. Um, but there's different ways and fun and joy and laughter. Those are so critical in our spirit. We need that. It's like nutrients for our soul. And when we are always work, 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 and like some of us don't even rest or rejuvenate, we're, de we're still depleted. 
And so for me, I'm like, what are the aspects of self-care for my spirit that I need today? Is it laughter? What can I do that can be fun? And like, and like, notice your cravings too. Like, I remember the other day I was like, I don't know why, but I just like, I was thinking of childhood and I was like, I really would want to do some arts and crafts right now. Like, I don't know. I just like felt it. Right. And I literally just started drawing. Like I started making something like silly and cute, but just listen to where, even if it seems like something as silly as an adult allow, like kids are so good at this. They just, I watch my cousins all the time. They'll just play with something. And when they don't resonate with that form of play or that, that object anymore, they'll just go in something else. They're so in the flow and they, it comes so easily. And they're not like having an internal conversation with, wow, this thing isn't, I don't want to play with this anymore. Like, why don't I want to play with this more? I should like to play with this. I need to play with this exactly the same way every single day for this amount of time. You don't see kids like having that conversation at all. They just like drop in, they move on to the next thing. And so we can learn so much from kids in that regard and just like allow ourselves to like let loose a little bit and just find what feels good and, and bring in that inner kid and like ask yourself, like when I was a kid, like what were some things that interest me? Like, did I love learning about animals? Like what were those interests? What were those hobbies? What were things that like, as you were a kid, you were like, oh, I always wanted to do that as a kid. And then try incorporating that as an adult. And, and just try that on. That's one thing that I try to do as much as possible. Those questions that you just said right now are so important, like really asking yourself, what, you know, what did I like to do? What, what did I want to be? That, that's funny because I actually, I've been on this kind of, it's hard, you know, because you, you think that you can sit every day and do something fun and creative and it's not that easy. You know, you kind of forget, you get sidetracked, you get back into the, into the routine of things. One thing I did was I went to ride um, go-karts with my husband and we had the funnest time. Like I get so competitive and I know that my inner child was competitive and I just let that come to life. And we had so much fun in like an hour of riding go-karts. Um, so we don't have to overthink what it is. Like just think, oh my God, what can I have fun? If it's mini golf, if it's riding jet skis, you know, if it's going to a park and swinging, I don't know, you know, anything. Um, just allowing us that, allowing ourselves that space to let our creativity come through. And as we do more of this, as we have more fun, I find it a little bit easier to, to find awareness and to do the healing work, right? Because when you're feeling better, you're more inclined to wanna do more to promote that within yourself. Um, so the more that we can open that door for ourselves to have fun and, and laugh and play and be silly, the more inclined we are to do to do the deep healing work, the more aware we become of it. And finding that balance, I think Mastin Kip is the one that says that the opposite of the energy of like trauma and working through trauma is play Aww. and finding that balance because, which makes like in, in my mind, like as I think about it now, and we can forget this as humans, we're constant. I think as humans, we just have to constantly remind ourselves of, of everything, of all things. Uh, <laughs> but for me, like I can just, literally forget where I'm, I'm being way too much, like maybe in like that driven work part of myself where it's like, of course, like in order for me to function better, I have to like do other things too. And like the same way, what we feed our bodies, variety is super important in the same way of our actions and our activities. That's important as well. And I loved how you said mini golf. Cause Chris and I did that the other day and it was just so much fun. And I, I think for my ideas wise. And if you guys struggle with like, okay, like what can I actually do? Like, I like to go on Groupon and I'll literally just be like activities near me and I'll just get ideas. There'll be like random like Groupons for like different activities that maybe you've never done before. And just like, give it a try, like try something new. 
uh, have fun being a beginner in something, have fun in learning something new. And it just like, get away from, get away from the social media, get away from the heaviness of the world or whatever it is that you've been tuning into the frequencies you've been tuning into and just get in your body and, and, and explore and discover. I think that group on thing is a great idea. It's kind of like if you're planning a vacation, you start thinking of all the little things you start looking up and researching, like, what can I get? You know, can I go ziplining? Can I go on a adventure, buggy adventure? You know, same way you would plan for a vacation, try, it would be cool to kind of implement that in your day-to-day life, you know, not, not, not let everything get so boring and linear because that's another big thing. You mentioned how we expect everything to be linear. We think healing is going to be linear. We think exercise is going to be linear and we have to pull ourselves out of that five dimension way of thinking, right. And become this multi-sensory human where we feel and we listen to our intuition, right. And we're just more open to receiving that way not just through those five senses kind of just open ourselves up um because we deserve that you know we're capable of that um so doing our best to tune in and become aware of it i would also love for you to talk a little bit about you had mentioned about your divine feminine if mm-hmm. you would like to share share a little bit about that and for everyone listening, this is, we're talking about the different energies and the different qualities that we all carry. So there's masculine and feminine energies. Both are important though. Our world is very much in the masculine, very much in the logical, the driven, um, there, there isn't as much flow. And I think one of the big things with feminine energy that I'm working on is, is nurturing, nurturing of self and for as a mom, you know, there's so much nurture in that. So how do you balance those? And also another, I, on my next episode, guys, I'm, I'm going to bring out like a list of, of different masculine <laughs> and feminine, but I know like creativity is one intuition is another feminine quality. So can you talk a little bit about your journey with that as a mom, as a human and your process of exploring? Okay. So, well, this is another big loaded question. I'm not sure. I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure about how to be more in my divine feminine because that's a place where I notice I'm struggling. Um, I not I know not not a lot of people resonate with the chakras, but I actually did a, a chakra measuring, and um, my root chakra and my sacral chakra were completely closed off. And this is where our feminine power kind of really comes from, right? This is how a woman is able to attract money and success into her life. And these are completely closed off for me. So that is what took me into dance class and like exploring how to be more creative was learning that my root and sacral were closed off. I had an idea, you know, I I knew it, but having her tell me and like seeing it physically really like made me pursue trying to help it. And it's interesting because she used these two rods that they use to find water in the desert. So when she like puts it near the energy center, they either open or they close. So when she was near my sacral, they completely crossed. So they close. And then she's, we're talking about it. I'm like, oh my God, like what in the world? Like this completely close. She goes, yeah, you know, jujitsu was something that we talked about before. She goes, jujitsu should help that. Anything like with hip movement that should help open it up. And just me thinking about doing jujitsu, they opened. And then as soon as I let that thought go, they closed again. She goes, you see how powerful our, our mind is like just the power of thought 
opened up that energy center. Um, as soon as you let it go, you know, because I have the work to do to open it up again, they closed. So, so getting in the feminine, I'm not sure. I'm actually going to a retreat now at the end of May and it's a divine wild woman retreat. I'm not gonna lie, it's a little intimidating because I, I'm not in that feminine energy as much as I would like to be. So the thought of like dancing around and like moving my hips, it's a little intimidating. So <laughs> I guess we can come back to this later after the retreat and we can talk about it. Um, but I do notice the reason why they're closed is because I'm a lot in my masculine where I have these conditionings for my childhood that I have to be independent and I have to make my own money and I have to have a successful business by you know, this age and this needs to happen by this age. And I think that all of that creates a lot of conflict within myself. Um, there's no reason why I should feel that way. Like, you know, <laughs> my husband doesn't put that pressure on me. It's literally myself putting the pressure. Um, so I, I can't, I don't, I don't really have an answer for it. I'm kind of still exploring that right now um, and trying to understand because if you ask me what, what puts me in my divine feminine, I, all I could say is like dancing and being creative. Um, and nurturing, but I feel like the nurturing part kind of came naturally to me as a mother. And I, I think for me, it's more than that, but I'm not, I'm not clear on it yet. Maybe you can help me out. Maybe you have some, some more insight. For me, and I think for everybody tuning in, it really depends on who you are and we're all different. So for me as well, dance, it's a huge thing. Latin dance, I'm Cuban American. I love Latin dance. That was my way my mom used to teach me the first time she ever taught me how to move my hips, she was having me practice closing the drawers in the kitchen with my hip. So like, that's, that's how I like started. Um, and that was something that was sacred time that I had with my mom where we used to go to Latin dance classes together. So for me, that's when I feel like, I don't know, I'm feeling myself. Like I feel cute. I feel empowered. I feel like sassy. Like it's just very much like my version of, of what that feminine energy means to me. And then I would say with nurturing, it's also with nature. So anything where I'm like growing plants or when I'm out in nature or when I'm with my dog or just like the conversations that I have with myself where I'm able to kind of step into that. And I noticed too, for me, nature is everything to me in, in my journey is I, I look at the way the earth is such in this incredible balance and how even just like the nurturing of the water cycle and how the plants are constantly feeding us and our existence as humans is fueled by every, all the gifts that the earth gives us. And so for me, that is like the ultimate like representation for me of, of that feminine energy, of that mothering energy. And for me, I'm also in that process too of discovering what is divine feminine? What does that mean to me? And so finding what I think everybody finds it in their own way, but especially for me, it's like, again, like I think the plants and like nature outside, like I learned so much by watching and I'm not able to tune into that. If I'm on my phone, if I'm on social media, if I'm in my mind, instead of dropping into my body and dropping into the present moment. So I'm excited for our conversation on that in the future, because I'm sure uh, we definitely both will have different answers for that. And then, and that's a, a big thing for anyone listening. And I think that was a, a fear that I had. I remember when I first started my podcast, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have these other episodes, but I'm always changing. I'm always evolving how I think, how I see, how I apply the information that I learn. And also recognizing that my definition of self is also going to change 
how I connect with myself, who I thought I was and the layers that's a constant involving process and also finding peace in the letting go and the grief that comes in, in the different seasons of our life. So it's, it's definitely, it's a, it's a lot of work and it's a process for sure. Wow. The grief. I didn't, you know, I didn't think of that. I never named it that, but I definitely think I went through a grieving process, becoming a mother and grieving the old me, you know, like if I see a picture for myself before I was a mom, it kind of feels like I don't know her, you know, it's, it's weird. I feel like I'm still understanding the transition that I've taken, you know, and, and I know it's important to be in the present, but I think it's also equally important to reflect and to look back on, on our journey and, and who we were before and, and, and what we've accomplished and who we've become. And I think as we do that, we can alleviate some of that toughness within ourselves. Like we won't be as critical when we understand like how, we look back and we reflect and we understand how all of it was a necessary part of our evolution. Right. Um, I think reflecting is a big part, just being able to look back and be like, well, understanding what, what we went through, you know, making sense of it. Um, that was big for me. I, I, so this day I still look at my old self and I'm like, she had a lot of freedom. Like what, what was she thinking? Like she had all the freedom in the world, you know, and now I, I just see things differently. Um, and I know I've grown so much as a person, um, and and I I wanted to have a child, like we planned it, but I have to admit, I, I never would have thought it would have been this challenging mentally and emotionally, you know, even spiritually, but I see now I understand why I understand that I needed to endure all of this to become the person I am and to become the mother that I need to be, you know, um, and, and through this healing, I only feel so much more empowered, you know, I think that's my goal is to feel empowered as a woman, because that really puts me in my feminine when I just feel like, like you said, sexy, and I feel connected to myself, in tune with myself. And that's when I feel the most feminine. Um, So like you said, I just want to second, second, go over it again, that it's important to remember that all of our experiences are different and and not everything is going to work for everyone you know so just learning to tune in and i think the more that we tune in the more we understand what will work for us and what won't you know just being honest with ourselves that's a big thing being honest and knowing that changes from moment to moment that's a huge thing that i have to constantly remind myself because i'm like oh well this worked yesterday it's like this isn't yesterday. <laughs> it's a new day. Um, and, and I think a lot of us want to cling to that like stagnant energy of like, this is who I am. Like, don't, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but I remember like kids used to sign yearbooks growing up in school. They would be like, don't ever change or like stuff like that all the time. Or people, kids would always be like, don't ever change. And I'm like, okay. Um, what a beautiful represent, like, Hey, where did, that messaging come from? Cause usually like, you know, when you hear kids talk, you're like, where did you get that idea from? Like, did you hear from somebody else? Is it a reflection of the collective? Right. And then still I grapple with the idea of change and that nothing is permanent. Everything is constantly changing. And I think a part of us, especially if we grew up in a very insecure and a very tumultuous environment, we're just trying to find something to ground ourselves. So we're just trying to find something that is still so that we can match our energy and attune with that to get the needs that we didn't get have met or whatever that mm-hmm. case may be. Right. And for me now, I'm like, I can, that stillness is inside of me and I can build that 
but still the logical mind, the ego, the other aspects of ourself are still going to be super loud. And so it's building those other patterns and introducing. So for me, I used to be like, oh, I need a hundred percent heal. But now it's like, I noticed these patterns and now I'm going to create new ones. So it's like that slow buildup to create more balance between the different parts of me. Oh yeah. That's funny how you said that. Don't ever change. <laughs> a lot of people I think still struggle with the fact that we do change, right? Mm-hmm. Like they make a negative connotation around, oh, wow, you've changed, you know, instead of celebrating that because we're human and the change is constant, right? That's, that's the only certainty is that change is constant. Um, what I was going to say is this, this amazing book that I started reading. I'm not sure if you, if you've read it, the seed of the soul, mm, yes. really like changed my perspective entirely on, on this topic. So I don't know if you're, if the listeners want to check that book out, it's very good so far. I'm only on chapter three and I feel like I've taken so much from it that I had to take a break and kind of just digest everything that I've read. Um, but it's very insightful and it, it's, it's also on this topic of going within um, and listening to that inner voice and trusting that inner voice, which is very important. It's one of those books that I did something similar to where there's a lot of books where I need to read it slowly. And then all of a sudden, like, I need to take a break. Right. Mm-hmm. And before I would be like, no, I need to finish the entire book. Like that was another example of that paradigm that I was describing to you guys before, but just going a little bit at a time. And then I also encourage you guys for, as you listen to this, just taking like nuggets and just trying them on, just trying it out and moving from that place of curiosity and childhood play where it's like, Hey, like, let's just do like a little like experiment, like a little science experiment with our lives. And let's just like try this concept out for a couple of weeks, or let's just try it for a couple moments and see how it feels, see if it resonates. And then if it doesn't, you know, find what does. And like, that's with everything that we're saying now, what I'm saying, what Ashley's saying, what you read online, like everywhere, like again, tuning into, to what feels good and trying things on, through an energy of experiment and like discovery. Like I always think of like kids with like those cute, like science experiments, like the volcano or just stuff like that. Kids just do that so easily. They move from that. They live from that energy. And that's an important energy that we suppress as adults, because again, the world is telling us that, you know, we need to think this way and we need to follow this and, depending what field you work in also that has a a huge impact as well. Yeah. It's all about exploration. Right. And that's so funny. That's what yoga like really taught me is it it really, it's true. Like yoga really does begin off the mat and the same principles that we go over in the physical asana and the physical movement is what we implement in our day-to-day life, like exploring and finding what works best for you. And if it doesn't work right now, it's okay. Try again, you know, a week from now, don't, don't set that as your, your final answer, you know, always be open to change, always be open to exploring, always be open to understanding that nothing is ever going to stay the same, you know? And if we resist that, we kind of stay stuck. We become stagnant. If we open ourselves up to that constant flow of life, it's like, we just, we become one like with, with the earth, right? We become one with this collective energy. We become one with the divine, you know? I, I know that doesn't resonate for everyone, but we become one with this higher power um, of life, which it fuels us, it really does fuel, fuel our path. Um, and brings us more joy and clarity. 
And, and it's not constant. Even that is not constant. You know, one day you're going to feel, like I said, on top of the world. And then two days later, you're not. And, you, you know, you, you can sit there and question because I do. I'm like, what happened? Like, I was feeling so good. And then those are the times that I really got to tune in and do a little bit extra work. If we're not working, we're maintaining, right? If we're not doing the deep healing work, we're doing our best to maintain what we have accomplished. So it's, it's just, just be open to it. <laughs> Try to let go of these conditionings, this um, freeing ourselves, being free thinkers, right? Living outside of this box that society puts us in um, and doing and listening, doing what's best for us. I find a lot of, as you were saying that, I was noticing again, like when you look up at the sky, it's never the same in any given moment. So that's another, another parallel to nature, but it's, I look around me and I, I make sure that I pay attention to what I see because we are, we are nature and I'm taking eco-psychology right now. So I'm, I'm really vibing in that class, Um, but it's, it's been, it's brought me a lot of peace in a lot of ways that I did not expect. And so when we actually tune into nature and realize that we aren't separated, we can learn so many messages that we can apply in our everyday life. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. And I like something that you said, like being in nature helps you get out of your mind and back into your body and helps ground you. Um, And I resonate with that because I too enjoy nature and I might be having like a bad day and going for a walk, like a simple 30, 20, 30 minute walk. And I get back home and I feel rejuvenated. You know, I feel so good. And just being out there and not on your phone, like you said, sometimes I don't even like to listen to anything, no music, no podcasts, nothing. I like to hear nature and hear the birds. And when you can tune into that, even in the most populated areas, you can still tune in to nature. It just really brings you back to yourself. I really love how you said that. And even every bush, one thing that I like to do is when I see the breeze and I'm from Miami, I'm not living in Miami anymore, but even up here, I remember like one of my favorite things as a kid was watching the wind through the palm fronds Mm. and through any plant that I see, I watch it and it almost looks like they're waving. So as a kid, like I would like wave to like different (laughs) plants, but now it's just, it brings me kind of just this feeling of joy inside of my body. But that's like one of the ways that I anchor finding an anchor, right. Finding a focus point. And for me, it's like, okay, let me look at the trees moving right now. And as you focus on that, you start noticing a, like my thoughts start slowing down. I start my breathing changes Mm -hmm. and everything physically shifts after that. So another little fast tip for, for nature connection. (laughs) But I've also heard, I remember a podcast, I really enjoy Organic Olivia. I was listening to a podcast and she mentioned how just staring at green, like a green tree, it promotes like liver health, like it helps your liver, gives you like a boost. And I'm so sure that all kind of nature really is healing for our body down to a cellular level. We may not understand it or feel it right away, but that is happening for us on a cellular level, being surrounded by nature and just like you said, setting into your body this healing in many dimensions, you know, not just emotionally and mentally, but also physically and cellularly as well. And visualizing too. So for me being now I'm in North Carolina now, so I'm kind of far from the ocean where I'm at, but I will sit and I will close my eyes and I'll listen to my breath. And like, that's like the ocean sound for me. Right. And then I visualize like there's a particular beach and I'm like, I'm there right now, guys. I'm there now, but I'm walking and I visualize my feet in the sand, the sounds, 
all of that. And just using our minds in that way, even if say you're at work and you're having a super stressful day and your shoulders are tight and you're having pain, you're noticing tension, just take a couple of minutes and start visualizing a beautiful place. Teleport. Yeah. Like the sensory experience of that place. How do your feet feel? What does the air smell like? How does the sun feel on your skin? And when you visualize that, again, our bodies will follow. And so that's a powerful thing that I like to do whenever I'm like missing the ocean or like, I swear I'll do that and I'll go outside and I can smell like almost like the slightest essence of like ocean water. It's like, it's like the, the ocean is like sending me like some love my way, even no matter where I am, I can like almost like I'll, I'll catch it and I'll find it. Yeah. That's ocean therapy through visualization. That's so powerful. I love that. And you have the mountains there. Do you get to go out by them often? So I'm actually a couple of hours from the mountains, but I do have, we have tons of nature preserves around here. We have hills that are not in Florida because everything is like flat in a straight line for driving. So we do have, the land is very different here. So that is something that I immerse myself in and every single day. And there's actually a patch of trees that it's unaltered. And so that it's not like manicured in any way. And just like in my neighborhood, they, they just let it like, grow wild and I'll go and I'll visit those trees every single day. And every time I look into them, I swear, like, it's almost like I'm in a different place. Like I'm in the jungle or the rainforest somewhere. Cause it's just so beautiful. And so like, literally that's like, that's part of my, my body's therapy every single day. Just like I'll walk out there and for a few minutes, even though my dog's like pulling on me, cause she gets bored and she's like, listen, I smelled everything around here. I want to keep on going. <laughs> um, but I do that and I visualize and I connect with that area. And again, immediately, no matter where I am in the day, if I visualize those trees, I relax immediately. Wow. Just like that. You're making me want to go outside right now and put my feet <laughs> on the earth, <laughs> sit by a tree. Absolutely. That's what I like I need to do right now. Get some grounding energy. Yeah. And speaking of grounding, because I know I can talk to you for like five days straight and <laughs> we would just keep on going, but I would love to, what are some of your, your final tips, final thoughts, anything that you wanted to touch on and anything in your heart that you'd love to kind of just pour on our listeners today? All right. So if I can just reiterate some important factors for me, some important tips, um, if you feel like you don't know what's your next step in your healing journey and you're not sure what to do, definitely seek some some kind of help, some kind of support, whether for you that's a healer or whether it's a therapist or maybe some kind of support group, um, definitely do that. Allow yourself to be vulnerable and understand that in vulnerability, there's so much strength in that. Um, And another thing is just getting attuned with your body, finding ways that you can connect with yourself, um, whether that be meditation, whether that be going into nature, whether it's starting an exercise regimen, you know, whatever, whatever can bring you closer to yourself, go for that. Like make it a non-negotiable in your life to do more for yourself. And as you do more for yourself, you'll see you have so much more to give in all your relationships. Like you become a better partner, you become a better daughter, better son, better friend, as you do more for yourself. It's not selfish. I know there's just like, general idea that if you put yourself first that's selfish but as a mother and as a wife and as a friend and a daughter the one thing I can say for certain is you have to put yourself first and as I've done that I all my relationships have blossomed I become a better friend a better wife a better mother Um, so definitely put yourself first and the more you do that the more you have to give you know the more love you have to give 
That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. And really quickly, how can people find you? I'm definitely going to put all your details below. How can people find you, follow your work and connect with you? Okay. So right now I have a Instagram. That's my main social media. And my handle is double underscore Ashley Ramirez. And then I'm also on Facebook, Ashley Ramirez. I'm currently transitioning my coaching to online and I'm creating an offer where I'm integrating fitness, yoga, mindfulness, and mindset um, and creating this offer for women. Um, So you can look forward to that in the future. I'll be posting about it on my Instagram. We will definitely have Ashley back here on the Reach New Heights podcast. So all of you listening, feel our love. Know that whatever you're going through, again, you're not alone. And the one thing that I always tell myself is that, you know, just take it to the next moment. Just do the best thing that we can at the moment. And what's the next best thing? What's the next most loving thing that I can do for myself? Do for others and do for the world, right? That was beautiful. So thank you so much for having me. From my heart to yours, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I love creating it. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram at JULHouseholder or my website, juliehouseholder.com. I love hearing how you've integrated these episodes into your life. And if you feel called, please leave a review on iTunes so we can help others reach new heights. 